Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Episode 53 of Believe in Betting LA. And know all you hoopsters are excited that both the Los Angeles teams, the Lakers and the Clippers, are moving on to the second round of the NBA playoffs in the bubble in Orlando. However, we're going to talk football today. And that's right, that means the Rams in the Chargers. We're going to talk about season long bets that Chris and I both like, in addition to the family out, fantasy excuse me, outlook for both of these teams. I'm your host, Sam Maxwell. You can follow me on Twitter at smaxwell713. And joined, as always, my co-host, Chris Lewert. How are you doing today, Chris? I am doing quite well. It's, uh, it's my it's kind of time of year I like the most when it just it starts to cool down, maybe just a smidgen, maybe there in the evening. Um, it's kind of a, as a big fat guy, I enjoy the 70, 68 degree temperature range versus your, your 80s. Mm-hmm. Um, so now's, now's the time when us overweight guys thrive. <laughs> Spoken like a true offensive lineman and, and very few <laughs> offensive linemen like the dog days of training camp, whatever you want to call this period. So uh, I'm right there with you, Chris. Uh, All right, episode 53, guys. Of course, we are on the Believe Podcast Network. That's B-L-E-A-V.com, Believe.com, and at Believe Podcast on Twitter. You can find me once again on the Twitter sphere at smaxwell713. Chris is at Rock. Stag Capital is at Stag Cap. And there's some fun things going on in Stag Capital worlds. You can follow them on Twitter uh, to find out a little bit more. We're a little bit short on time today because we do. Chris and I have a fantasy draft coming up this evening that we're going to actually uh, attempt to put into a live podcast format uh we'll we'll see exactly how that turns out but we're actually splitting uh a team chris and i so uh without further ado chris let's move on let's talk uh, about how we did in the last podcast episode that was game three of clippers mavericks that was one one uh, going into that game it was uh last friday so very briefly i'll talk about how i did i took the clippers in a teaser uh money line and over 227 and a half that hit I did not hit. I was actually two games early on the Paul George bounce back tour. I thought he was going to score 26 or more. He did not. And I took unders on both Trey Burke and Seth Curry. Curry hit the over. Trey Burke hit the under. So I went two and two. What was your update from that game, Chris? Uh, I went I, I went three and three, but I gave myself four and three because in earlier episodes I had said that the Lakers would win in five. So I'm going to go ahead and pad my stats there because they won in five. Uh, <laughs> I won. Uh, I had the Doncic under 31 half. That was a win. Uh, Kleber under eight half was a win. George, I was I was fading him pretty hard still. That was a win. But Kawhi was a loss at under thirty one half. Porzingis, that big ninny, um, left uh, under thirty six and a half points. That was the one game he had that was pretty good before he got hurt. And then I lost Blazers, I believe, by half point. I had them the following day at plus seven half, and I think they lost by eight. Uh, but the Lakers won in five. And I wish I had written down what the odds were on that because I think they were pretty pretty tasty. Like uh, they were you know, pretty plus, good. If I remember, yeah. yeah. So I have Lakers. I had Lakers in six, and that I have written down as plus three twenty five. I think the Lakers in five was a little bit worse odds because obviously they were heavy favorite last year. It was like two seventy something like that. So uh, it was still a, a pretty sizable win if you if you went ahead and listened to Chris's advice there. Yeah. So you tend to. It's one of those instances, right? When you get a three and three, you're going to lose money because of the big, but. When you get plus odds on one of those and it hits it, it evens out those ones and, and makes, it, yeah, makes it all that much better. And maximizing wins and minimizing losses is the name of the game. 
Right. Or hitting that middle, which is really uh, the best feeling you can possibly get, uh, which is it's hard to do unless you're live betting. So uh, that's a, a different lesson for a different time. We will have a lot more NBA advice and picks coming up here. We're still waiting, of course, we're recording this on Tuesday, September 1st. We're still waiting for the Lakers opponent. The Thunder won Monday evening to force Game 7 between the Rockets and the Thunder. Uh, and if you watch that game, it was Russell Westbrook just absolutely imploding for the Rockets. I saw a tweet immediately following the game that uh, a, a trade that the Rockets should consider is Russell Westbrook for Chris Paul. Very ironic, <laughs> given obviously that was the swap the other way last offseason. So uh, interesting. We'll find that game out tomorrow. By the time you listen to this, you may already even know that. We will have a lot more picks for both the Clippers and the Lakers. Both look like they're on a collision course to face each other in the conference finals. Uh, but right now, we obviously don't have lines for those series yet. So we're going to move on. We're going to talk football here, Chris. It's September, which means it is near fall. You can, we turn the corner. We've made it to the second half of, of this calendar year. We've got football. However, that will look this year is going to be a lot different. College football, who knows? Uh, it looks like the Big Ten may be reconsidering after my uh, spiel a couple weeks ago. Maybe they, <laughs> maybe they took that to heart. The SEC, the ACC, Big 12, all look like they're going to happen. We're going to talk about the NFL today, and specifically, of course, both hometown teams, the Los Angeles Rams and the Los Angeles Chargers. Before we move on, we talk fantasy, Chris, which is a little bit more in my wheelhouse. You have a pick here for the Rams season total. We have it at eight and a half here. What's your pick? So we talked earlier. This is, I don't know, probably six weeks ago or something. We were discussing season-long NFL bets, and we had the Rams at nine half is kind of what we were seeing on the major books, and that was minus 115. We don't, we've said this a hundred times, right? At Stag, we tend not to bet season-long bets because we don't like to keep our money tied up. It's better put to use on a day-in and day-out basis as Sam can now attest. He has uh, been privy to the the day-in and day-out um, betting patterns of which Stag Capital is, is uh, accustomed. But in this particular case, the Rams, this is on Bet Online. the Rams at under eight and a half wins is wildly offsides. Uh, Bet Online has it at plus 110. It should be, should be negative odds. This is, if you have any interest at all in fading the Rams, which could be hard for our audience who presumably are Los Angeles fans, but if you do, if you want to fade them, this is as good as it's going to get. Jump on it immediately. If you can find it at even money, if you can find it at minus 105 or minus 110, it's still offsides, and you should still jump on it. Um, this is uh, a borderline unicorn on how badly our friends at Bet Online have, have priced this at plus 110. So get in on that immediately. Not quite as good, but almost. The Chargers at under 7.5. Yes, I know we are so very rarely betting for our Los Angeles-based teams, but that is a little bit of the downside of living in a major market. We've said this before a hundred times, right? Your Notre Dame, your Dallas Cowboys, your New York Yankees, your Chicago Cubs, right? Your Los Angeles Dodgers get overbid. It just get too much money on them, and it becomes hard to bet in their favor because you're paying too much of a price. So Chargers under 7.5 total wins. At plus 125 at Bet Online is still really, really good. Not as good as the Rams, but still really good. And if you took it like six weeks ago when we were talking about this and it was plus 139 then, you are a genius, a gentleman, and a scholar. You've done extraordinarily well for yourself. If you got that at plus 139 or plus 130, uh, you've done extraordinarily well. You are playing with house money. Feel, feel very, very good about that bet. 
And once again, those uh, those odds come from our friends over at Bet Online. Chris likes both unders for the Los Angeles-based teams. The Rams under eight and a half, and the Chargers under seven and a half. Both, of course, are in very very difficult divisions. So it's not necessarily that we don't like these teams, the talent, the coaching staffs, the front office all the way down. Again, we're looking at the value, and we're looking at paths to success. And obviously, right now, both Chris and I feel as though there is a a wider avenue, wider range of outcomes that that favor the unders there. Um, so, from our friends at Bet Online, the NBA, Major League Baseball, NHL, full and our ball in full swing here, Chris. As we've talked about, basketballs in the playoffs, hockey's in the playoffs, football is on the horizon. And our partners at Ben Line have you covered for every single one of those sports. Uh, we were talking before we started recording, Chris, about how I was trying to hit a live middle on the total uh, of the last game I was watching. It did not quite come to fruition. I still had a successful day uh, in betting, at least for live. So Ben Line has you there. Take full advantage of sports being back. Get in on the action with hundreds of odds, futures, and props for you to bet on. And of course, Chris, when the night is over, there's no more live sports. Ben Line always has you with the online casino as well. It never closes. So head to betonline.ag today and sign up to receive your welcome bonus and your very first deposit. Again, that's betonline.ag and sign up today. BetOnline, your online uh, sportsbook experts. All right, let's move on, Chris. Let's talk about the Rams and the Chargers. Before we dive into fantasy football and kind of how we're we're choosing players from these two teams, let's just talk about very briefly here both of these teams. It wasn't so long ago, Chris, the Rams were the absolute darling of the NFL. Of course, they won the NFC and lost the Patriots in the Super Bowl two seasons ago. Uh, and now we're kind of seeing the effects of having so much success drafting developing players because obviously they've been pinched in, in terms of cap space. So, of course, they had to release Todd Gurley. They paid $10 million in dead money to release Todd Gurley. He landed with the Atlanta Falcons. We're now moving on to an era in which Ch- uh, Jared Goff's no longer cheap on that rookie deal. He's actually one of the, the most expensive quarterbacks in the league. You've got a lot of talent up and down this team, Chris. But the Rams, as you mentioned, are going to face an upward battle to win nine or more games. Obviously, that's not even going to probably get them to the playoffs. What I want to talk about, Chris, here is that they're in a very, very difficult division. Of course, yep. last year's NFC champs. The San Francisco 49ers, they're there. The Arizona Cardinals, who were the, the punching bag of this division only a year ago, are all of a sudden a hot, sexy team. Cliff Kingsbury is second year as a coach. Kyle Murray is second year as coach. They traded for DeAndre Hopkins. Their defense was dreadful last year. Maybe that can be a little bit better. A lot of people think that this year's breakout team could be the Arizona Cardinals. And then, of course, up in the Pacific Northwest, you have Pete Carroll, Russell Wilson, and the Seattle Seahawks, who never seem to go anywhere. They are perennially winning 10 or 11 games as being in that first-round wildcard game. Uh, they're still a team to be reckoned with. Of course, they traded for uh, all-pro safety. Jamal Adams just a few weeks ago. Uh, they're going to run the ball. They've got a lot of talent across that team. So the path forward, Chris, for winning games in this division is very, very difficult. Just give me your thoughts real briefly on the challenge the Rams have in terms of their division. This is almost kind of purgatory, right, in, in fandom. It's almost the, the place you don't want to be because the Rams are pretty good, but they're not great. Right. And it's just, are they going to win eight games? Are they going to go eight and eight? Uh, this is what it feels like to be a Bears fan, to predominantly go eight and eight and watch your offense look like a peewee team playing against professionals. But you already said it, the division is really difficult. And I think for them to be legit contenders, Jared Goff has to take a step up and play like he is the third highest paid quarterback. He hasn't done that. They've got talent, right? Like Cooper Cup's pretty good. Robert Woods is pretty good. Um, They've got backs that have talent, right? It's just, and Aaron Donald, I think, is like the best player on the planet. I love me some Aaron Donald. 
but it's just such a hard division and they're not outstanding, right? They're just, you know, they're pretty good. And I think they're going to need some luck to do something. And if I'm a Rams fan, you know, this is kind of, obviously Gurley was a, was a tremendous mistake, but this is kind of, I would like to see my team compete this year. And if they don't, burn the whole thing down, right? I don't think that's how you play professional sports. You're either one of the three or four or five best teams, or you should be one of the worst. Uh, cut your salary, make trades, get draft picks. And I think this is kind of the Rams' last hurrah, in my opinion. They've got some album. Like, I can't do anything with Jared Goff's contract. But as far as the rest of the team goes, I think you're going to have to look in the mirror pretty seriously and, and, and see what you see what you're going to do about this because that division just it's, – it's rock solid, man, and it has been for – feels like a decade now. I think you got to look in the mirror if you're Sean McVay and, and a Rams fan, a Rams executive. And, and, you know, Sean McVay really needs to earn his keep this year. Two years ago, he was on top of the world. He was the hottest coach uh, in 25 years. Uh, everyone in the NFL, if you had a cup of coffee with Sean McVay, you were a head coaching <laughs> candidate. Yep. Um, he, you know, everyone wanted to mimic what the Rams were doing. But uh, it's, it's a very cruel world out there. And, you know, the Rams, of course, had that, that rookie contract with Jared Goff. Uh, they had to pay who, you know, I, I think we both agree is probably one of the two or three best players in the entire NFL uh, in Aaron Donald. Uh, and just like that, you're kind of on you're, you're a descending team in an ascending division. Um, and so they're going to face a very uphill battle. Um, they added some some good pieces, obviously, uh, to this team. They traded away Brandon Cooks. That's really the main thing. The new look offense, the, the last four or five games of the season last year, they ran uh, a lot of personnel with multiple tight ends. The, the breakout of Tyler Higby, the breakout of Gerald Everett, up was he injured? Uh, do they want to just get him some rest? We're not really sure. You know, this Rams defense obviously traded for Jalen Ramsey. Uh, how, what kind of Ramsey were we going to see this year? They're, they're no longer, I, mean, I don't think they ever were, but they're definitely not a dominant defense, but there's a lot of stars on this team. So will that defense be able to gel and become a, a great defense? Will Jared Goff be able to have a bounce back season? Uh, those are all question marks that we're going to have. From a fantasy perspective here, Chris, uh, there is still a lot of talent in his offense. I still think that we we do think of Sean McVay and this Rams offense in that kind of upper echelon of, of teams that can score, but it's a way different team. Gone is Todd Gurley being the number one running back in fantasy football for this team. You're going to piece this together with rookie Cam Akers from Florida State, Daryl Henderson, last year's rookie from Memphis, and of course Malcolm Brown is still there. It's tough to take a player in this backfield because it's so muddied right now. Uh, it's, I, I can't say with any definitiveness which one of these guys is going to start week one or be the guy in week 16. I like the upside of Cam Akers. That's a guy I was targeting in the sixth or seventh round a couple months ago. He's gotten a lot of cupcake yep. pieces written about him in training yep. camp. And all of a sudden, this is a fourth or fifth round back. And that middle yep. tier running back is right now what I'm trying to stay away from. So I'm no longer targeting Cam Akers. I know a lot of people are very high on him. A lot of people were very high on Daryl Henderson a year ago, he did not really live up to expectations, but he's got a lot of talent. He's someone that's going probably in the ninth, 10th, 11th round in that range. Not tar- a guy I'm really targeting with either. A guy I am targeting, though, Chris, if you need an early season high floor running back, Malcolm Brown is going to get touches. He's going to get carries. That's a guy I think you can rely upon uh, in the first half of the season. Not a sexy guy, an Adrian Peterson player. You know exactly what you're going to. This is a guy that the Rams really value. Uh, the Lions actually signed him to a restricted free agent tender, not this last offseason, but the season before that. Everyone forgets uh, that he was on his way out. The Rams actually, who did, you know, this regime did not draft or pick up Malcolm Brown uh, out of Texas, but they decided to take it back there. So they really value him. There's two young running backs that aren't going to do the little things as well as Malcolm Brown. That's the guy I feel very comfortable taking with on the back half of your draft. 
Moving on, Jared Goff, I do think, is a value this year in drafts. He's being taken as a QB 22 to 24 in that range. And this is a guy, as we've seen, can be very good. And if we do still think of Sean McVay in that light, he's a guy that I think I'm targeting as well. Pass catching wise, Tyler Higby, who was absolutely on fire last half of the season, uh, weeks you know 12 on, won a lot of people some fantasy championships. He's being overdrafted, in my opinion, right now. He's going in the eighth or ninth round. Uh, for me this year, Chris, I'm taking either one of the top four or five tight ends or I'm waiting until the double-digit rounds and taking yeah. high upside guys uh, like Johnny Smith, Chris Herndon, Blake Jarwin, guys like that, pairing two of those together. Uh, so I'm staying away from Tyler Higby. However, Gerald Everett is a guy I think you are going to be able to rely upon at points this season. He was a, a breakout candidate for me last year. He was excellent until he got injured, and then, of course, it was Tyler Higby season. So I think we'll see one or both of those guys really be uh, players that you can plug into your lineup. And then for the receivers, uh, you're seeing both Robert Woods and Cooper Cup come off the board around the same time. Uh, at that four or five term, roughly, I'll break it down like this. If you need a solid wide receiver to a high floor guy that, that gets some carries that I think has some uh, potential progression in terms of his touchdowns, Robert Woods is your guy. He's as safe as it possibly gets. This guy, uh, year in and year out, seems to be a fantasy football value. He is, again, someone I'm targeting at the four or five turn. Cooper Cup is much more risky. We saw him come off the field a lot towards the end of last season. Will the Rams change their offensive philosophy back to having three wide? Uh, they were one of the most prevalent teams in, in three wide receiver sets a couple years ago. Last year, we saw the offensive philosophy change. Was that injury-based, or was that something that they thought you know, really uh, improved their team? Uh, it remains to be seen. So that's what I think about the Rams offense in, in fantasy this year. Guys I'm targeting are Robert Woods, certainly. Jared Goff as a late quarterback, if you want to take two. that I think Jared Goff's a perfectly safe guy with a little bit of upside. Uh, and I mentioned Gerald Everett in a deep league as a tight end. Their defense is probably not going to be one I'm going to be targeting this year just based upon their division and based upon that uh, overall. I think there's better values out there. Uh, but this is not a team I'm really targeting, basically, when it comes down to in terms of yeah. fantasy football. And I think you said it right. The name of the game, as in betting, as in fantasy football, is value, right? I like Cooper Cup and Robert Woods a lot, but I don't want to draft them at the beginning of the fourth round. I want to draft them somewhere in the fifth round uh, is the price you want to pay for them. I think Higby and Everett are going to kind of eat into each other, right, because they both looked great in their playing time. So are we going to see double tight? Are we going to see one guy getting one series, one guy getting the next? Uh, I'd probably put split Higby out wide and just send him, right, get a big body out there. Um but you're right, name of the game is is not overspending, not overdrafting on these guys. And Cam Akers is a perfect example of, is a great value in the eighth round, and now people are drafting him in the fourth round because they read something on ESPN. Uh, don't do that, right? Um, value is the name of the game again. Let's pivot. Let's move over to the other side of town. And I drove past it uh, yesterday, actually. Uh, they're no longer playing there, but it's still our favorite park in the NFL, Dignity Health oh. Sports Park. Free plug for you guys over there. The Los Angeles Chargers, of course, coming off of a dreadful 5-11 campaign in which they had some chances to uh, – really, <laughs> the game that comes to the mind that really kind of sums up their season last year is that just dreadful loss uh, to the Tennessee Titans. I mean, that, that they had multiple opportunities to win the game. They could not punch it in. Oh, uh, I think they even got a, a, a P.I. in there. I mean, it was just – it, it kind of so just bad. summed up the season. It was a microcosm the entire season. And from there, uh, they obviously went downwards. Uh, now, they did trash Justin Herbert to be the quarterback of the future. Philip Rivers, Hall of Fame quarterback, moves on. He's no longer a charter for the first time in – uh, you know, it seems like two decades, but I think he was drafted in, in 2004. Uh, the, the, the Chargers will have a new signal caller. Melvin Gordon also moves on. And so it is the Austin Eckler show for the Chargers. I, we'll talk about him a little bit more. Um, the Chargers, you already took them at under seven and a half. Uh, it's an interesting offense this year, Chris, because 
They obviously have Justin Herbert waiting in the wings. A lot of people felt as though Justin Herbert needed some seasoning when he got yeah. to the NFL. Despite him being a senior, he played four seasons at Oregon. A lot of people did not feel like he was ready to come out and play from week one. A, a, a varying degree of opinions about Justin Herbert. People loved him. Some people thought he was going to be a total bust. I have two roommates, actually, that both went to the University of Oregon. One guy thinks he's going to be a star in the NFL, and one guy, and I quote, said he's going to lose a lot of people, a lot of jobs in the NFL. So <laughs> it's it's just it, it's a it's a very it's a fascinating thing that the wide spectrum of thoughts on Justin Herbert. I'll tell you who I do like on this Chargers team. If you're going to go late quarterback this year, Tyrod Taylor is a Ooh. guy for you. He's going undrafted in most leagues. This is a guy I think reliably you can start uh, the first five or six weeks of the season. Now. The Chargers do have a Week 10 vibe. So, in theory, those last seven or eight games, Justin Herbert could start. But I do think we're going to get Tyra Taylor through nine weeks of the season. So, you can rely on him to be a very high-floor quarterback, maybe even a back-end quarterback one, because he adds so much to the uh, stat line with his legs. This is a guy, last time we saw him as a starter— uh, in Buffalo, we saw him in Cleveland for a few games. But last time we saw him as a full-time starter in Buffalo, this was a guy that, you know, reliably was giving you, you know, 18 to 22 points in that range. There's very little upside with him. He's not going to throw the ball nearly as much as Phillip Rivers would be prepared for a lot of these Chargers pass catchers, their stats to come down. Uh, but it is a guy that I like a lot. But be prepared if things go awry, awry in the first few weeks for him to be replaced by Justin Herbert. Yeah, I'm I'm with you. Uh, I like Tyrod Taylor a lot at the beginning of the year. I think he's going to be undervalued and you know, depending on what your draft gives you, I would happily, if my opening day quarterback on my fantasy team was Tyrod Taylor, I would start him with confidence, uh, especially for a team I think could be playing from behind a lot. Uh, and guess what? Garbage points count the same as regular points. Uh, they win you games. So don't feel shy about that. I'm fading Austin Eckler. I don't know. I mean, I he looked great last year. Like, I got it. I was a big Justin Jackson guy last year. Like, I don't know that Eckler is going to command the touches necessary for where he's getting drafted in a lot of leagues. I think Justin Jackson is still talented. I think Josh Kelly is still really good. Um, the only only person I'm really targeting to own outside of Taylor, if he falls to me, is Keenan Allen. Uh, nobody else on this offense is blowing my my hair back. Uh, you know I am an anti-Hunter Henry guy because I feel like every time I turn around, he's hurt. And there's nothing I hate more in fantasy than waking up on a Sunday and being like, this guy's hurt again. Um so uh, that's that's kind of my my two cents on them. Um, Taylor for sure, Keenan Allen if he's there at the right price. But otherwise, as with betting that under, I just I uh, think it could be a tough year for the the Charger offense. I do st- I do think their defense is pretty nasty. But do not be that guy in your league who takes a defense in, like the seventh round because he panics. <laughs> uh, to uh, by contrast, I actually think Austin Eckler is one of the best values in fantasy football. This year, especially if you're in a PPR league, he's going right now the mid to late second round. So you're not paying a high price for him. I don't know what drafts you've been in so far, uh, but this was a guy that was a top five running back last year. And that's with Melvin Gordon in that lineup for most of the season. The main thing I'm worried about, Chris, is the passing volume is obviously going to go down by a solid 15 to 20%. This is a team that perennially was in the top five in pass attempts. Of course, Philip Rivers doesn't run, and he likes to launch the ball downfield as much as anything. <laughs> so that that helps. And he also likes a lot of dump-offs. That helps someone like Austin Eckler more than anyone else, uh, which is why I like some of the, the Colts uh, PPR backs this year. I don't think Justin Jackson proved to be a, a, a real great running back last year. He's going to get some touches, and of course they drafted Josh Kelly. One of those two guys will probably emerge to be a pretty good RB3 or RB4 at some point this season. But Austin Eckler is really the guy, and if you've seen any of the, uh, the uh, offseason workouts, he's a guy that looks like he's in great shape. You can use him all over the field. Uh, he can run the ball in between the tackles. That's not obviously where he's best at. 
that's not his forte, but this is a guy that can be moved around. And uh, he is a guy that I do expect to be in that back-end RB1 conversation when it's all said and done at the end of the year. And he's really the last running back one that I re- – there's a teardrop really past him and past Aaron Jones. And from there, it's very iffy at running back. He's one of the last guys uh, in the ADP order that I actually feel comfortable with starting uh, in my running back two slot. So if you can get him – and maybe, you know, someone else, the, the front end of the, of the first round there, a Dalvin Cook or uh, Christian McCaffrey, a Zeke, I'd feel very, very good about my running backs. Real quickly here, let's talk about it. Keenan Allen, one of the best, most polished wide receivers in the entire NFL. This is a guy who's been a fantasy football value for years and years to come. Again, he's going to be victim of uh, a much lower passing volume, but it's almost gotten to the point where he's so overrated and overvalued that now yep. he's kind of being undervalued. This is a guy I think you can reasonably well – plug into your wide receiver two or three slot and feel just fine about it. If they go to Herbert even earlier in the season than we anticipate, then you got yourself a steal in Keenan Allen because he's going to perform when he gets the opportunity. Right now, Mike Williams is injured, so it was a guy I was targeting and, and I thought was had the upside since he's an ascending player, but I would stay away from him right now. He's got a shoulder injury. And Hunter Henry, I do think that that favors him a little bit with Mike Williams being out for a little bit of time. I do see Hunter Henry in that kind of middle tier. If you can get Hunter Henry in the 8th, ninth, 10th round, He's a guy I feel reasonably well about. I've always liked his talent. Uh, a, a, a quarterback like Tyrod Taylor, he doesn't throw the, uh, he does actually throw the ball downfield efficiently, but he doesn't do it very often. Uh, Hunter Henry is going to be his best friend. And then especially once they move over transition to a rookie quarterback, it's proven that more than more often than not, they rely upon those, those easy shallow routes over the middle of the field. That's going to obviously be Keenan Allen as well. It's going to be Austin Eckler, but it's certainly going to be Hunter Henry uh, as well. So those are my thoughts about both the Chargers and the Rams' offenses in terms of fantasy football only. I think we're both in agreement here. It's a rebuilding year for both these teams. The Chargers, I think, have more of a chance to surprise than others because they're a very talented team top to bottom. Losing a, a safety like Jerwin James certainly hurts. Uh, and they're both in very difficult divisions. So yeah. I don't think we expect a, a long run for either one of these teams. But if one of these two teams were surprised, at least for me, uh, it would be the Chargers winning you know, 10, 11, 12 games. They definitely can do it. I just don't expect them to so any final thoughts for for episode i think this is 53 i believe in betting la yeah hat tip i think i said this uh, a couple months ago but hat tip to the chargers on their new stadium and uniforms really really winning the uniform battle (laughs) yeah los angeles chargers good for you um and that's uh that's a nice little thing to do to kind of show up your crosstown rivals uh there was quite the quite the i think la local (laughs) controversy there over the yeah, the uniforms. It, it, um, both have new uniforms. You know, the Rams when they came out, uh, pretty much across the board were uh, terrible criticism. But I, they brought me a little bit, especially the white ones. The, the Chargers, pretty much across the board, people have loved them. Those powder blues. So it'll be interesting to see how both these two teams perform. It's a kind of a fork in the road for both of them. So we'll see how it goes. Again, we will have more NBA picks coming up as soon as that Rockets-Thunder game is finalized or finishes and the Lakers matchup with one of those two teams is finalized. Of course, uh, the Clippers will be starting this weekend as well. So, for the NFL, for the Lead Podcast Network, for Stag Capital, for Chris Lurk, I'm Sam Max. We'll thank you guys for listening and we'll see you guys next time. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, 
ClickGranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.